It's an industry that I generally love. I have a passion for. I, I, I eat, sleep. I live for fitness. No, you need to be obsessed. You need to wake up, think about it. You need to go to bed, think about your clients, think about your progress, think about what you can do better. Genuinely, like, just be like patient and take your time. Like that, that is like, you've got to take it all in, in the right steps. You've got to nail what you do in person before you go and like. I don't like to talk about fear. The fears is usually something that makes your worries real. Welcome to the Coaching Ignited podcast. I'm your host, Alex Povey. It's great to have you here. This show is all about peeling back the curtain on what's going to help you build the fitness business you truly want. And each week, we bring on a new guest to share their stories, insights, and strategies so you too can take action and apply what you learn. The podcast is released every Wednesday on all the major platforms, including Spotify and iTunes. So make sure you go give that a subscribe, guys. Now, if you're a personal trainer in a commercial gym with 500 plus members and you want to fast track your income growth and learn how to sign multiple new clients a week, reach out to me personally through Facebook or Instagram and just drop me a private message so we can get the conversation started and see if you could be a good fit for one of our programs. All the links to my social can be found in the show notes so you can connect with me there. Now let's get into this week's episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up? Welcome back. A couple of things before we get started today. Just want to say a massive thank you to everyone that's tuning in. I've noticed over the last couple of weeks, the downloads have gone up, um, the messages and feedback have have gone up, and that means the world to me because I put a lot of time and effort into the show, and so do the guests that take time out of their day to come on and share all their insights and value with you you guys. So I just want to say massive thank you to everyone that's tuning in. Um, really, really appreciate that. We've been going almost a year now, which uh, is super exciting. And another thing that we've just started doing is recording the podcast in video format as well. So we've been capturing the video interview so we can publish it online for you guys to see. And if you wanted to tune in to the video version of this podcast and actually get to know the guests a little bit better, then if you head over to Facebook right now and type in Coaching Ignited, that's going to take you to our Facebook group. And if you request access to join, I'll let you in. And we're going to be posting all the video content from these podcasts in that group so you can watch it back there. Equally, you can tune in on your favorite platform, which you're probably listening to this on right now. So today we've got a great guest for you again. We're gonna be speaking to Justin Devonshire, the founder and CEO of the Fitness Business Blueprint, and he helps fitness professionals scale from six to seven figures so they can enjoy financial security and lifestyle freedom. And Justin does this by teaching fit pros how to transition from solopreneur trading time for money into an owner of a real business that works for them. And he's been in this trap himself, so he's speaking from experience on this show, guys. And we unpack the word scale and what it actually means to scale your business the right way where you limit your financial exposure and create a sustainable business that grows in a healthy way. 
And among helping fit pros, Justin runs multiple profitable facilities and boot camps while living on the sunny island of Cyprus. He's an international speaker, business mentor, and investor in other fitness companies. There's also going to be a link in the show notes to download hours of free content and downloadable guides on how to grow and scale your business. So after the show, make sure you go check that out. Click the link and it's going to take you over to a ton more value. So let's get into this week's episode. Just want to welcome you onto the show, Justin. It's great to have you here, man. Thanks, Alex. Good to be here. You've left Wales. Um, you're now living in Cyprus. You're now um, running boot camps, fitness businesses, mentoring fit pros, helping people go from six seven to seven figures. All this stuff going on, but like, where did it start? Did it start in Merthyr Tydfil in Wales? Or like, where did this whole thing come about? Yeah, to cut a really long kind of 10-year story, uh, sh- as short as I can for, for your listeners, uh, in the UK... 10, 11 years ago was when I, I, I started in fitness. I was mostly involved in strength and conditioning with athletes, being former MMA, wrestling, things like that. Uh, I wanted to work with athletes, and, uh, but I just didn't like it in the UK. I just wanted, to, I just wanted you know, a nicer lifestyle, nicer climate. And um, my father retired from his work at the age of 65, went to live in Corfu in Greece, which he always wanted. And then he was bored after six months and, and told me, you know, don't make that mistake. Go, go and be where you want to be and then build your career from there or build your mm-hmm. lifestyle around that. So um, I made the decision to leave the UK then and set up uh, in Cyprus. And that was the first time I really became self-employed. And I, I, I was working in a gym in the UK uh, or, or, for, or with sports teams and things. But then in Cyprus, that's when I kicked off my boot camps. Uh, really being self-employed for the first time and realizing it's nowhere as easy as we think it's going to be when we work for somebody else. Uh, and, and then cutting a long story short, I, 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 you know, I learned the marketing, I learned sales, I learned loads of stuff and got pipeline going, but I just became fully booked and a busy fool essentially. And I was busy, but I, I hated it. You know, I, I, I was making six, seven, eight thousand a month, but had no social life. Uh, you know, couldn't do anything, had to neglect relationships. I was working from 6 a.m. till 9 p.m. like a lot of trainers are. And I then got the lesson the hard way because there was an illness in my family. Uh, My mother back in the UK was diagnosed with a brain tumor. So I had to literally just put everything on hold, go back to the UK indefinitely, and um, really just, you know, figure out things from there. I went back to the UK for about 10 to 12 months. Um, my mother, fortunately, she recovered. She got back on her feet. I helped her, you know, get, get back uh, to health. Uh, and then I realized I wanted to go back to Cyprus and, and start over again properly. And I realized that I didn't really have a business at the time. It was a job that fell apart the minute I, le- I had to leave. So in that time, I had a lot of time to learn and reflect. And when I came back to Cyprus, I was going to do things differently. I was going to build a proper business that would work and grow. Even if I had to step aside or if I wanted to take a holiday, it wouldn't all depend on me anymore. So I had to learn a new way of doing things. Uh, and that was a few years. That was, you know, probably um, six, seven years ago now. Uh, and yeah, and since then, I've, I've been a fitness entrepreneur, grown multiple boot camps. I've become an investor in other fitness companies too, uh, helping fit pros um, systemize and create leverage and. Um, and help them start scaling things up in a way that 
they they uh, you know have a good lifestyle uh, and, and free time. Um, not not to be back, backpacking around Thailand and pushing buttons, make money. Not that kind of freedom lifestyle, but because uh, that's that's nonsense. But you know, they get time to be with their kids, get time in their relationships, they get time to go to the gym, and um, their gyms can run without them having to be there every day. So effectively, you're saying like being a business owner versus being like an operator or like just doing a job, but you're just working for yourself. Exactly. It's different between having a job that you work for versus a business that works for you. Hmm. Can we circle back to um, like the first time you launched the boot camps? Was that your like initial business that you started? Was the boot camps in Cyprus? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you look back to that now and the way you set it up, and maybe the traps that you fell into when you launched that boot camp, and then you talk about obviously your mom having this illness, and then you having to step away, and then you realizing that it doesn't function without you. Like, how did you set it up the first time round, and and what kind of um, pitfalls did you fall into when you set that up? So you were kind of like shackled to the business and not really a business owner. Uh, uh, I mean, tons of plenty of mistakes. Depends how long we have today, but. Um... I mean, the main things are, I just didn't, I, mean, I know it's, it's, it's really hard to talk about in a way because it's when we're helping fit pros, because it's really about a level of awareness. Mm. Like I didn't know any different. I never, I, most of us, we never set out to be business owners. That was never our intention. Our, most of us, me especially, my goal was just to replace a job. And say, if I can earn, you know, two, three, four thousand a month in a, you know, doing this over there. Can I earn that myself in my own business uh, or mm. being self-employed? And, and so most fit pros at that level, like I was, don't have the goal and therefore don't have the strategy of creating a business. And we're just not even aware of that until like me, it all goes wrong. Or hopefully they listen to a podcast like this and they learn the easy way or learn from experience like I did the hard way. So number one is awareness is the first thing I try and teach is, is ask yourself consciously right now, do I want to be a fully booked trainer and have a really good self-employed job? Because self-employed means employed. It's a job. <laughs> or yeah. do I want a business? Or maybe not now, but some point, do, am I working towards a business where I can step away from? And, just con there's no, and there's no judgment with whichever one you want. It's just make a conscious decision of where you're trying to get to because your strategy to get in one of those directions will be very different. And so I didn't, first I didn't have that awareness. And then, so I built everything around me. Uh, you know, I, I was focused only on marketing and sales. And so I never thought about what I would do when I was fully booked. I never thought about what I, I didn't have systems in place so that if I wasn't there, you know, if I still wasn't there, I wouldn't get paid. Um, and another big mistake that I made and a lot of fit pros we see make now is, I didn't really get a proper understanding of finances. And so to me, I was just thinking in terms of revenue. I was earning a hundred pounds and spending a hundred pounds on stuff I didn't need to impress people I didn't like and so on and to look good on social media, but really it was a mess. And I, and I failed to realize that, uh, you know, when you earn a hundred pounds, 20 pounds of that, you know, belongs to the government in terms of tax. And, it, you know, they frown upon it if you don't pay them that money. 
it turns out. So, yeah. uh, you yeah, know, slap on the rest and then get in trouble. <laughs> so a lot of fit pros now they're making, maybe they're making five, 10, 15 K a month even, but they're not putting money aside for tax. They're not allocating their finances properly. And then every quarter, a big tax bill gets dropped on them and they've got to use, if they made any profit, they've got to, they've got to put that on the tax now, or they've got to scramble and find cash from somewhere and they end up going into debt. And the more you grow a company on that bad foundation, the worse things are going to get for you. So, you know, I would say get an accountant from day one, have someone just to help you manage your books, um, have that long-term vision and awareness. I'm, I'm trying to build a company at some point and then start thinking about contingency plans. What would I do if I couldn't make it into work tomorrow? What, what would I do if I had to leave for a week? And um, really to start building the business. It sounds crazy at the early stages, but, but build it with the intention as if you were going to sell it anyway. Build the company um, to work without you. Don't build it around you. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. It must be difficult for people, though, going into a business and not seeing it from that angle when they first start because they're only seeing it from, like you said, the self-employed mm. status. And maybe it's because they don't know that there's another way to do it or there's, there's more possibilities if they structure it the right way. How do people learn about this and how do they go from just being an employee-based mindset of their own business to thinking more like a big business owner? What are the steps to, to thinking like a big business owner, even if they're not a big business to begin with? Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it's a good point that um, it's this is a situation that that uniquely affects the coaching fit pro industry because you know if someone like a pure entrepreneur like a Richard Branson decides I want an airline, he doesn't think oh but I've got to learn to fly a plane, I've got to learn to build an airport. He just thinks I need to find a pilot, I need to find an operations manager who understands airlines. Someone like that is you know so so you can come at it same thing. I always say like. Um, if you are involved in real estate, like some fit pros are, you don't think if a light bulb goes out in the, in the house, you have to go and fix it. So with a lot of types of businesses investments, we, we generally understand that you'd get other people to do the stuff. But when it comes to coaching, from day one getting in this industry, from the day you were certified, you were told and conditioned that you are the value. And, and that is a stigma we, we, we just accept. And then... It, it, it manifests as problems later on down the line when you actually realize you've got a good service, you've got a good product that is, that is validated and ready to scale, but you've, you think it must be me. It's not my workout system. You know, it's not the community I've built that other people could m- maintain. It must be me. And, and that then is a very hard uh, tangle to get out of really. So how do you go from, you know, what steps do you go f- is to, to getting out of that. Well, first of all, is realize that, that the difference is an un, a self-employed person or a solopreneur owns a job that you repeat over and over again and you keep fulfilling the same thing. An entrepreneur or a true business owner owns a system, you know, or a series of systems that deliver a result uh, and, and can be built to work without you. So the first thing to remember is if you're getting great, great results, with your clients or when you start getting results with your clients yes there's a part of it that you bring to the table like the experience the relationships the fun side of it but a large part of it is also the workout the programming and that's a system 
that can be replicated, first of all, like P90X. Anyone can do P90X, anyone can sell P90X, anyone can teach P90X. Uh, and, and the guy you know, behind it knew that's a system that can be sold uh, and scaled up. So understand that, first of all, when you lock onto something that works, it is a system and everything can be systemized. The second step is to realize that because the big obstacle is, but you know, no other trainers are going to care as much as I do. Correct. They won't accept it, right? Um, they're not going to care as much about your business as you do. But you know what? They will care a lot more about doing the job than, than you might do a year from now, right? Because as you get fully booked, you're going to start thinking about managerial responsibilities. You're going to think about marketing and content and public speaking, maybe. You're, you're going to lose a little bit of passion for coaching once you've kind of mastered it. And you can bring trainers in who, were, who are where you were three years ago, and your passion might wane for, for, for being on the floor with clients all day, every day. But someone else is coming into the industry who does have that passion. And so there's a natural progression to things, an evolution. And you, you have to just embrace that and realize that the people you get in, we always say there's two truths with employing people. Um, and this is the big bottleneck that fit pros have is that the first truth is when they start with you, they won't be as good as you accept it. Right. Uh, but the second truth is when they do this job full time, following your systems with your guidance and mentoring after a few months, they will be better than you. They should be better than you. That should be your goal is to find a trainer that you can actually develop who will conform, you know, use your systems bring their own unique personality to it. They can't duplicate your personality. They all have their own secret source. Um, but, but whatever you have, the results and the experience can be systemized. And it's okay to find people that are not absolutely perfect nor as good as you because you're, you're not going to find those people because this is why you're at that level. If you're at a point where you're even considering outsourcing, you have something locked in that is working that other trainers haven't got yet. So of course you're better than them. You've done your 10,000 hours. You've had three, four years experience maybe, except that you want, to, you want people to come in who are learning and you will help them get to that level. Let me ask you this, Justin. How do people know when they're at the right level to scale? Is there certain kind of like levels or um, levels of income or levels of uh, lack of time or what is the kind of like thing that you look for when you're speaking to a fit pro that goes, okay, this person is ready to scale or how would they know that it's now time to go to the next level? Do they need to be bringing in a certain amount of income um, or do they have to take a risk and take a step back and potentially lose some income to then take a step forward? How do people make that leap from one place to the next? Uh, yeah, good question. So first, we're going to define, you know, what's what kind of level of scale we're looking at here, because scaling can be earning 1k a month to 10k a month, or it can be 10 to 100k a month. And so if we if we define scaling as really going to that next level of um, taking something that works and really expanding it so we can work beyond you, uh, you know, then, then a couple of things need to be in place. First of all, You've got to, you've got to 
achieved what I just talked about, which is understanding that what you're offering, your product, is systemized. Like you've got to know what makes your product work, why people are coming in, why they respond to it, why they retain to it, why they're getting results from it. You've got to know, you know, what is actually happening so that you can actually um, figure out the recipe. You know, someone like a Gordon Ramsay can only scale a restaurant when he has his recipe written down so another chef can come in and follow it. And much okay. the same, Gordon Ramsay isn't thinking, I need to find a chef as good as me. That's never going to happen. Of course not. He finds chefs that are at trainee level that want to be as good as him and respect his system and want to work to, uh, to, to, work to learn, not just work to earn. So you've got to have that, that recipe dialed down first of all, and you've got to really understand consciously what is it that makes it special so that you can scale. If you scale before that, you might think you know what's working and it might not be that thing, right? And, and the second thing then is you've got to understand one thing I would teach fit pros is that we look at scale as this magical thing where we think it's going to make us tons of money. But scaling is actually a cost to your business. You don't make any money when you scale. Scaling is paying for more employees. It's raising your ad spend. It's paying for more infrastructure. It's increasing your subscription price on MindBody. It's paying for more facility space. It's buying more equipment. Uh, scale is actually raising your operating costs. And so what happens with most people is they try and scale their revenue but they don't realize that their operating costs scale at the same time. So what, and, and, the, and the big foundational mistake they make is they try and scale before they're profitable. You can't scale by reinvesting revenue. You have to scale by reinvesting profit. And this is a major mistake because people think scale means more money. So I see fit pros and you've probably seen this as well all the time, right? There's a fit pro with, with um, one location. They're doing, maybe they're doing 10, 20K a month, but they're breaking even. They're barely scraping by. And they think the solution is to open a second location or scale online or open a supplement shop, which is all forms of scaling, right? Mm -hmm. And so they haven't got the money to scale because scaling costs you money. So what do they do? They then go and get a toxic debt or a loan or put their personal money into it, or remortgage their house, all massive risks and liabilities, because they think having a second location is gonna solve the problems. They think, they think if I'm making 10K a month, but I'm not making profit, then making 20K a month should solve that problem. And we tend to think that just by earning a higher and higher amount of revenue, that will one day come to this magic amount where profit will appear but it doesn't, it doesn't work like that, right? So fit pros need to get their business lean first. Uh, and and I, you know, I would take a business that does 5K a month with 2,000 pounds profit than one that does 10K a month and, and breaks even all day long. The one that does 5K a month and has 20% profit, that can be scaled, right? I mean, if you're doing online marketing, for example, and you sell an ebook or, you know, for... for for ten dollars, and you it costs you two pounds in marketing to sell the book, costs you one dollar to deliver and, and fulfill the book order, and you make you know another two dollars for tax, and you make five dollars profit on a ten dollar sale. 
uh, that's all your costs and everything covered, you can probably start scaling that. It's a five dot. It's a five dollar a day business. You can scale it. So scale isn't so much about reaching a certain level of revenue. Scale is about reaching a certain level of profitability, and then reinvesting that profit um, to to then go to the next level slowly. Or if you're at that position, I've I've worked with fit pros where they're making. Uh, there was a lady in the UK who had an outdoor boot camp. She was making four thousand pounds a month. She'd been at it about, about two months in, making about 4K a month. She had her daughter helping with most of the sessions so she could work on ads and funnels and stuff like that. And she asked me the same question. And I said, it's ready to scale now. You've got someone in place doing the bulk of the work. You're, you're releasing profit from it. Uh, we can go and talk to an investor right now. And she did. We went and met an investor. He actually offered her a check for 30K to help her scale it. Because an investor, and if you need, to, you need to operate like an investor on your own company, if this is making profit, it's a system that works. And mm. then if you have that system in place that's profitable, you can actually go and get funding. You can go and raise finance. You can talk to an investor. Uh, or you can feel safe just putting your own money into it because it's a system that actually produces profits for the shareholders, and not just revenue to pay you your salary as a job. Got you. So we've got two things here, which is recipe, getting like the system dialed in. So like you can replicate it. You can hand it over to an employee, a coach, a member of staff. They can follow it like a protocol. Mm -hmm. But that has to be dialed in. If it's not like bulletproof, then it's it's going to actually cost you money because mm -hmm. you're not going to get the results and then your business is going to fall apart. The next thing is it's not about having a business that generates revenue. It's about having a business that generates revenue, but also profit that then can be then reinvested into scaling the company beyond that point. What are your opinions on credit, using credit? So credit cards, loans, like what's your opinion on that? Um, you know, it's all just about risk, risk, risk reward ratios in business. You know, I've never used any of those things. I've never even owned a credit card. Um, I believe in just doing everything from scratch and being self-fulfilling. Um, be, you know, I'm not against these things necessarily. Um, however, cause I get asked this a lot as well. I do think for, for total startups, if you've not got anything validated yet, like if you haven't gone out there and got 30 clients and shown, you can actually retain them for longer than six months and get results. But you just think that, that borrowing 30 grand to open a facility is going to be the source of all your, your success. I would say, don't do it because you're asking to borrow money. Uh, and I would say if you're going to use credit or you're going to use any line of someone else's money, I would, I would try and imagine that, 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 that where you're getting that money from, imagine they're an investor. Imagine they're someone like Richard Branson or an investor or entrepreneur you, you respect. And imagine they're asking you, how are you going to use this money and how can you ensure it's going to be profitable so you're going to be able to pay it back? Imagine you were going on to Dragon's Den or something. Um, I was a weird kid. I, I watched Dragon's Den when I was like 15 years old. That's kind of probably how I'm conditioned with this stuff. Um, and I would scream at the people on the TV like, why don't you know your numbers, right? Why would he give you 60,000 of his cash? You're a moron. <laughs> so today when FitBros say like, because they, they, their mentality is if I had a facility with all the shiny bells and whistles, I'd make tons of cash. And the answer is nine out of 10 times, no, you wouldn't. You're just going to burn cash like that because Having a facility is not the answer. 
Uh, and I know that because I've made, you know, six figure boot camps, which are done on, on, you know, pieces of grassy areas, you know, with a few kettlebells. So mm. I don't believe for the, for the common startup, getting credit or financing is not going to solve your problems unless you have a very good business plan, unless it's been, you know, it's been validated and, and someone with experience says, yeah, okay, if you put money into that, that could work pretty well. But, if, but, but likewise, if you don't go out there and validate it first and get off your own back and put some of your own time and energy into it, it's likely that, you know, uh, a bunch of money isn't going to help you. If, however, you are at the point where I just explained where you do have a system in place, like, like this Fit Pro with the four grand a month bootcamp I mentioned, um, you know you have something, you know this works, it has potential to scale and it's making profit that the finances are in order, then you can do a much more calculated decision and say, well, if I get a line of credit or if I get an investor or if I put more money into this based on the current actual data, I can now do a forecast and see when I'm going to make those returns by. And if there's interest on top, when I'll be able to pay it. And then you're able to make an actual risk reward decision for yourself but do it based on data, you know, of something you've achieved so far, a, a prototype. Uh, don't think that a bunch of money from day one is going to help you. Yeah, I'm big on numbers as well. And uh, obviously evaluating the risk. Like if, if the risk makes sense and the ROI is huge on that line of credit and it makes sense and you can see a projection that if I take this credit and in 30 days, 60 days, I can pay it down with 20, 30% profit on it, then it makes sense. But again, you have to know the fucking numbers. <laughs> like you said on Dragon's Den, everyone's just making like decisions like that versus actually looking at the data, the cash flow, the balance sheets and making calculated decisions. And it's the same with sales and marketing. You've got to look at the numbers, the click-through ratios and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I totally agree with everything there. I want to dive into a mindset a little bit with growing and scaling a business and how important you actually think it is. Because I, I faced this myself on growing my business um, where I was almost like normalized to a certain level of income or uh, a, um, a price tag to an offer. So do you know when we launch offers, you sometimes think, okay, this thing's worth 500 or 1,000 or 1,500 or 2K per client. But in actual fact, that's just you trying to normalize or where your level of normal is in, in relation to money and expectations. When growing and scaling a business, say from beyond 10,000 up to 20,000 up to 30,000 and beyond, how important is mindset in that process of growing and scaling a business? Is it important for people to be working just as much on their mindset as they are at looking at numbers or their sales and their marketing? What role does it play? Yeah, that's, that's a big thing. And I've got a bit of a kind of controversial stance on this because I think, number one, mindset is everything. But I also think mindset is meaningless. And what I mean by that is uh, mindset, the way you describe it there perfectly, it is, yeah, it's everything, right? I mean, without, um, without a, a strong mindset, I think it's pretty clear you're not going to achieve big things in life. But the second part is, is that the word mindset itself doesn't give anyone a real idea of what we're talking about here. Um, no, it is quite a generic term. Yeah. Um, maybe so, I should rephrase it and say so, um, 
almost the way that you see yourself. So you're, yeah, yeah. So I know, and I know, that, and I know what you're, I know you're oh, saying it in the lexicon that we kind of understand in the way. Now I would use yeah. the word mindset, but what we what the way we teach this is we've got to break it down. Mindset means twenty different things, and you need all of these things. And so, like you said, yeah. I think mindset can be self awareness. That's number one, right? Awareness of where you are and awareness of how much you don't know yet. Um, cognitive dissonance is one of the biggest killers of fit pros where they think, um, you know, again, with finances, I, I don't need to learn that stuff. If I just earn more money, that will overcompensate for me not knowing to need my, not needing to know my numbers. Mm -hmm. um, cognitive dissonance, that's, that's where self-awareness comes in. There's cognitive bias is another thing that is killing fitness businesses right now. Cognitive bias is where the, the phenomenon where we see something and we think if this is the way it is now, this is the way it's always going to be. And this affects business owners who haven't been in the game longer than five or seven years. And so, for example, we've been on a, on a seven, a seven year upswing in the industry where Seven years ago, you know, Facebook ads started, things like ClickFunnels and, and, and Aweber, you know, were released. Things that, that made, made lead generation cheaper and easier than ever. It made us be able to get websites. Before this point, you'd have to pay £10,000 for a website. So the seven years has been a massive upswing period with these tools. And a, and a lot of fit pros probably listening to this got into the industry in that time. So they've never known anything different. Um, you know, I'm an old dog. So when I started building my, my bootcamp, I didn't have Facebook ads, you know, and I had, a, I had a Nokia mobile phone, right? If you can imagine that. So I've seen a different time. I know I don't take for granted what we have right now, but fit pros come in now. And I was telling people years ago, I said, look, when I started doing Facebook ads seven years ago, whatever it was, um, we were paying 20 pence a lead. 20, I could literally buy a six-figure income for a grand on marketing. And because I know from, from marketing before that, I know how these cycles work. I was telling Pros five years ago, this ain't going to last forever, right? Get in on this now. Learn advertising, you know, buy up while it's hot. And Pros didn't. Some did, and they, they, they went on to be successful. Um, and, but those who didn't, you know, they, 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 now they come into advertising and they say, I ran an advert, you know, three years ago when I was struggling for cash and it cost me 50 pence a lead. Then I didn't do anything for a while. Now I've kickstarted my ads and now it's six pounds a lead. What the hell? And I'm well, like, duh. sorry, pal, you missed out on three <laughs> yeah. years of growth because you thought cognitive dissonance. Gonna, I don't need that. And you thought cognitive bias. It's always going to be like, I'll come back to that when I need it. Sorry, pal, the market moved on. So you missed mm. probably the biggest wealth opportunity of your freaking generation, right? Uh, and that gap is, will, will cause a spiral. So there's, self, there's, there's those concepts. There's leadership. There's, the biggest one is emotional intelligence. <clears throat> I think everyone reading this needs to pick up a book called Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. Uh, because as a lead, and we, we talk about the leadership mindset. That's how we define it, as being a leader. Because if you want to grow, you're going to need to be a leader. You're going to need to learn alpha characteristics. You're, going to, you're going in, as soon as you make six figures, you're in the 1% of people in your life. Your family will start not understanding you. you might, your friends might not get you anymore. When you start making money and being successful, 
you'll see how people will change. And it's a very isolated, lonely place. It can be. Um, you don't have many people to go and talk. Like, who do you go and talk to when you open your fourth gym location? You're doing 120 grand a month. You open your fourth location and you only hit 50 signups instead of the 100 you projected and you feel a bit butt hurt. Who, who do you go and, you know, who's going to feel sorry for you? Who, who, you know? It's like, oh, you only made 100K this month, not the 120 you wanted. Oh, you know, small violins. I've got yeah. my sucky job in Asda's over here, right? And so yeah. even though you're not, you know, there's no one to talk to about this stuff. So you need emotional resilience. And, and really when it comes to mindset, what most fit pros, I'm going on a bit of a rant here, but what most fit pros need to learn, like I wish I had been told this, you need to wake the fuck up to reality because so many fit pros have such a skewed perception of what's involved because, you know, because of all the conditioning from internet marketers and you're one funnel away. No, you're not. Um, you know, it's push button marketing, get this one template that will solve all your problems and fit all the fit pros today. They're mostly snowflakes because they're like looking around reactively, not taking any leadership. And they're like, I haven't succeeded because I haven't got the right Facebook ad template yet, or I haven't found the right funnel or, you know, I worked with a few mentors and coaches and I, it didn't work for me. And it's always blaming other people, right? I'm not saying all coaches out there are perfect, as, as we know. But still, if, if their prospects had that, that mentality about personal trainers, we'd be screwed. So there's just too much lack of responsibility. They're sitting there waiting for a perfect guru or a perfect template or a perfect funnel to just give them a seven-figure business. And it's like, no, you will work your face off to get a seven-figure business. And, you know, and when you get it, you've got to work hard to keep it. It's not all physical hard work. That's one more, you know, mindset thing I would, I would share is that as you get bigger and bigger, you move away from physical hard work, the real hard work of an entrepreneur, uh, especially at, at above six figures, is, is mental, emotional work. You've got to manage, you, you know how it is, you've got to manage your team's emotions. You've got to be a leader. You've got to, you have a shit day, your dog just died or whatever, but you've got to walk into the team meeting and you've got to put your game face on um, if you expect them to do the same thing. You've got tax issues to deal with. You've got competitors trying to rip you down. Um, you've got all this stuff going on and you've just got to be emotionally resilient to, um, not suppress it, you know, you definitely need to go and ex express it with, with like-minded people, uh, you know, be part of communities of entrepreneurs and go to masterminds and things like that. Um, but I see a lot of fit, pro a lot of fit pros and that, that go up to six, high six, seven figures and they, they're overwhelmed emotionally. Everyone's always asking them for something. They've got imposter syndrome. They've got big, tough decisions to make. And, they've, and they're not prepared for this level of responsibility because they never had it in life before. And they've got no one really in their family or friend circle to go and, act. you know, you have a seven-figure business and you've got, maybe someone makes you an offer to buy you out for two million pounds. You think I could get two million pounds right now, or I could keep this work on it and make a business worth five million in two years? What do you do? Who who 
who in your, you know, you can't go down the pub and see your boys and ask them for advice. You probably can't ask your parents. Um, you know, let, let me ask you this though. Let me ask you this, Justin, when you get to those levels, are you still hanging around with people in the pub on a Saturday night? The same people wow. that you went to school with, can you still be that same person and make seven figures? Great point. And that's why I said before, you know, probably not. Right. But, but what happens is a lot of people we see will hold on to those people because they don't want things to, your life is going to be forced to change. But if you don't want to let go of those people, that's the thing. We're scared of success because we think we have to leave people behind. Um, mm. And you can still be friends with those people. You can respect those people. You don't, doesn't mean you, you stop talking to them because they earn less than you or whatever. But, but yeah, you have to realize you have to go and get counsel somewhere else. Um, but again, it's this lack of responsibility and emotional resilience that leads people to, they could achieve greatness, but they keep themselves stuck because they don't want to let go of their current reality. Mm. And so mindset, as you see, is it's a brain fuck of all this stuff, right? Um, and so it's, to wrap it up, it's, it's getting the reality, a real perspective, what it actually takes to grow a business. I would say for most of you watching this, um, don't think you're going to make 10K a month. Don't think six figures is the holy grail where you'll be having Lamborghinis and, and, and riding helicopters and stuff like that. Um, you know, um, you're probably going to work till at least to 20, 25K a month before you can actually step fully out of the business, out of training, right? Uh, in most cases. Um, you know, so it's percept real perspective and patience of what this is going to entail. Um, things will get harder before they get easier. Uh, it's emotional, mental work. It's being a leader. It's dealing with everybody else's emotional problems as well as your own, having fewer people to actually speak to. Uh, and then those, those tactical things of cognitive dissonance, um, you know, ignoring problems that are obvious and cognitive bias of thinking if this is the way it is now, it'll always be like this and external forces are not impacting my business, but they are. Um, that's probably what I would wrap it up as the, the, the key elements to be learning. And yeah, and these things will take you years to learn. And, you're pro and, the, and the unfortunate thing is you're most likely going to learn them, not through my words, but through making fuck ups along the way and learning through experience. Mm. So looking back, <laughs> looking at your life now, looking at your life personally, do you feel like you've outgrown a lot of people in your life? So the person you are now um, obviously is different to who you were 10 years ago when you lived in Merthyr Tidville. Yeah, right. definitely. So like, do you think you've outgrown those people now? Because I always think about this, about like my childhood and the people I grew up with. And I almost think back and I, I don't speak to any of these people anymore that I grew up with, but... I almost like think to myself, if I were to see them today, like we would have nothing in common. Exactly. Yeah, I, I have, you know, and I don't say outgrown as in like I am better than them in any way. No, I don't mean it from an egotistical way. I just mean it in terms of personal development. Yeah. Your interests, where you're at, what your the level of thinking. Like Exactly. That's it. Your mindset changes first, which changes your actions, which changes your results, which boosts your mindset. And so I had that. I went back to the UK uh, a few years after getting things going and you know and half the people i was in school with it's like it's okay for you uh we can't all go and live in cyprus um you know you're lucky 
you know, it's different for me because I've got four kids or because blah, blah, blah. Again, you know, refusing to take responsibility for their life pretty much. And then those people, you know, yeah, you, I just, you know, I just personally don't tolerate that in my life. I only want friends who are, you know, take responsibility, who are interesting, ambitious, um, that I can learn from as well, or I can confide in. So it's going to be a natural process for you. It'll happen with you, um, you know, where, but again, if, if, if those people, if they might, they don't have to have successful businesses too, but if they just had the self-awareness and mindset to, to respect you the way you're respecting them, you can still keep those people in your life. You definitely have, you know, I have friends who, I have a couple of friends who, you know, start big businesses and don't make much money. Um, you know, but they're open to learning and they're, and they're not criticizing me for my success. And so we have a respectful relationship, but you're going to find that. Yeah. As you grow, you will be challenged by your ecosystem, your environment, mm -hmm. and you have to be willing to move on. You have to be willing to love these people, accept them, but go in a different direction anyway, or just say, look, I'll come out. I'll have a beer with you now and then, but you know, let's not talk about business or anything like that because it turns into an argument or something, you know, how are you doing? How are the kids? How are the family? And keep it on that level. You might have to compartmentalize a little bit. Do you, do you catch yourself almost like evaluating, um, time spent with people as well? So I catch myself doing this, not that I'm trying to gain something from every situation, but I almost look at my business and I almost see like what an hour is worth to me in my business and how further I can push it forward. And to expend that hour somewhere else, sometimes it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to give up that hour or that half a day helping someone move house because that will set my revenue back or it will set my growth back or me scaling my business, my ads, my team or whatever. Do you find yourself in that constant conflict between like, being able to give people time and being selfish with your time. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I don't find conflict with it anymore because now I'm just very strict and have very, you know, I have my, my strict standards like that, but I've been in that place definitely where there is conflict and you feel bad now. And I would have done this before, but I don't know if I can do it anymore. Cause I always feel, you always feel like you had energy sucked out of you afterwards and you always kind of beat yourself up a little bit for doing that. Um, but, but basically, yeah, people will get into that position. It happens really when you start making that transition from that solopreneur to entrepreneur, you're naturally going to see that as a byproduct because what you're doing is ultimately if you're in that solopreneur or employee level where you might be struggling right now to grow the business, it's because fundamentally you have a belief system that says my money is more valuable than my time. And so you'll sacrifice time in order to save money. That's why you won't, you won't, you know, fit pros won't spend 10 pounds a day on Facebook ads, but they will hustle for six hours a day, right? Because they want to, um, they'll give away their time. They'll sacrifice their time just to save money. But when you start to shift and see the bigger picture, you start realizing that, okay, actually, you know, I want to protect my time because time, my time is my life. Essentially time and life are the same thing. And I would rather let a little bit of money work for me to get to buy more time back. Um, and eventually, through burnout in a business or 
whatever might it might be you'll eventually you know you'll eventually understand that that or the older you get or whatever you'll eventually realize time is worth more than money money can be replaced money can be borrowed money can be financed time can't and when you when that clicks for someone is when they'll finally start putting higher standards in place and they'll no longer tolerate those things you said and they'll now reevaluate their time priorities and there'll be no more conflict because they'll just say, no, this is not worth my time. Sorry. I'd rather put my energy and time into this. Move your own freaking house. Or better yet, tell them, why don't you go and pay someone and you can free up all afternoon and we can go jet skiing or something instead. <laughs> that sounds like a good one. <laughs> um, looking back at your like career and your businesses now, this is like really interesting to me and I'm sure it's interesting to other people. What do you think has like shaped you into the business owner you are right now? Cause um, obviously we're in this community where we mentor a lot of people. We help a lot of people fast track their growth curves by showing them how it's done. Like how have you got to where you are? What has been some of those key kind of mentors or books or things that you've done each step of the way to take you to the next level faster? Or did you just figure it out all on your own? Um, no, I had you know plenty of help, uh, mentoring and things like that was essential to me. Uh, my first kind of big break, the first break for me came when uh, I worked with um, a man, probably a lot of you guys know, uh, Chris McCombs uh, and another guy, uh, Sam Bakhtiar. These guys are both from the States, uh, both very successful in fitness businesses. Uh, and those guys kind of took me under their under their wing when I was just kind of really starting to get things going. And um, two big takeaways from Chris McCombs really taught me the value of just over delivering and giving without expectation, which has mm -hmm. led to me, you know, pumping out so much content. Never been afraid of giving free trials or helping someone. You know, what I learned from Chris is if you if you think your product is that good. All you need to do is get someone in through the door and gift them with a sample of it and they're going to stay. Uh, and that's been a principle that really has been the backbone of our entire marketing philosophy of if we're this good, why won't we just give free samples away and not have to deal with, with objections and stuff. And what I got from Sam, um, I got lots from Sam who, you know, he I think he makes over 15, 20 million dollars a year from over a hundred locations in America right now from his boot camp. And he really taught me uh, a lot of lessons about leadership. And, you know, I would go to California and work with him and he would take me on a trip around four or five of his locations. And he would just be going in, doing spot checks, talking to the employees. There'd be employees there training that hadn't met him before and didn't know who he was. You know, and he'd be walking in just to test these guys. Um, and I learned from him, you know, real attention to detail that he said, you know, no matter how far you go with 100 locations, ultimately the responsibility is always yours. If there is someone in location 39 who, who, who's had a, a client's had a bad experience, you know, ultimately that comes back onto you. So if you're not inspecting everything and keeping your finger on the pulse of things, um, you can't blame anybody else essentially. So that really gave me a real vision of like what it's going to be like 10 steps ahead that he's not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be there just, you know, 
traveling around the world on private jets and riding Lamborghinis and working from a laptop. And it's not like that. The more business, the bigger your business is, the more responsibility you have. So those guys really got me on the, on the road. Um, some good books then that really helped me was the pivotal books in my life were The Four-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. That was the book that helped me move from the UK to Cyprus, um, particularly with the exercise that asks you, what's the worst thing that could happen from this perceived risk you want to take? Uh, and look at, looking into that. The other big book then was um, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. So The E-Myth, this is the most foundational textbook work on business systemization, essentially. So when I was back in the UK looking after my family with, you know, after the illness, this is when I started thinking of like, okay, you know, how do companies like Starbucks do it? How do McDonald's do it? How do you have like a turnkey business that is like one small business duplicated a thousand times? And the E-Myth was the book I, I, I came across. Uh, and it really, really outlines the importance of systems and how to implement them and how to scale them uh, at a practical uh, entertaining kind of kind of way, so those two books um, were were really pivotal as well. Awesome man, yeah, I love Tim Ferriss's stuff. He's a super geek, right? His podcast is very very geeky. Um, he did a, I think he did a couple of spinoffs off the back of that book as well, mm. like the Four Hour Chef or whatever. Yeah. Um, but very very intelligent guy. I love that stuff. I've not checked out that one that you mentioned, so I'll definitely look into that. Um. I would agree with you with like the, the mentorship thing. Uh, I've invested heavily like this year alone um, into a lot of mentorship and to anyone listening, like it, you pretty much get a 10 X return very fast. If you pick the right people, if you like look into them, look at their track record, look at their case studies and you find really good quality people. And then you implement exactly what the fuck they say right? Relentlessly. There's no way you can really fail if you pick the right people and you implement. It's really that simple. People think, oh, it's a risk. Well, it's only a risk if you're lazy and you don't do the work because if they're reputable and Mm. they've got results with other people, you just need to follow a process, which is the thing that you mentioned earlier on, the recipe, the system, the ingredient. And if you stick to that, then you will get the result. Um, So kind of that's my, my input on that anyone listening who's not thought about getting a mentor then like the benefits are there for you i I think as well though i I agree with that and i think as well one thing people are missing out from mentorship pts especially is on an energetic level if your business depends on you selling someone on the idea that they need a mentor or a trainer to reach their goals but you aren't invest you don't believe in investing in a mentor or trainer to reach your goals this, I think, is the fundamental lack of congruency that is holding so many fit pros back from actually making sales. They can't always sell PT up. with a straight face because they don't believe in it. Always, this always comes up on this podcast. I think it's because of the, the people that we get on have invested in mentors and they invest in themselves. And I couldn't agree more. Like People can almost sense whether you have that confidence in yourself when you invest in yourself and that helps them have the confidence to invest in you. So like if you're not prepared to put money into you, but then you're asking someone else to put money into you, like why would they? Mm. 
like it's not congruent like you said because you're mirroring you're almost giving off the the energy that you don't believe in yourself enough so why the fuck would they believe in you and want to invest in you but also you're going to attract more people the more you put into yourself because they can see you as a person of value and we both know that money follows value right money is attracted to the place of most value that's where it all congregates so if you want more wealth or you want more income then you need to invest in, in you, first of all, to create more value and you will attract that into your life and business. So people think they're saving money, they're hemorrhaging money by not investing in themselves. That's the, the, the flip of the coin that they don't see, which is super yeah. interesting. Um, your business, the fitness business blueprint, right? Your, your business is to take people, right, from six to multiple six to seven. Right. That is your, that is your client avatar, right? People yeah. that are doing like six and you want to go multiple six and seven. Yeah. What does yeah. it take for anyone listening? Right. Cause people might not be at this stage listening to this podcast. Maybe they're just trying to get their first thousand, two thousand, three thousand in revenue. But like we said at the start of the podcast, I'd love to try and elevate people's perception or like show people what is actually possible, but what it would actually take to go to that level. So to go from, let's say, uh, six figures or multiple six figures up to seven. What does it take? What's different? Because it's a different business yes. to get to go yeah. from those levels. So in simple terms, maybe like a high level overview so people can get, okay, I get what it takes to go to that level. Mm, that's not for me. Oh yeah, fuck, I want that. So definitely. So very, very quickly, just to wrap up how we, how you get there, first of all. So most of you will start getting to 10K a month or so when you dial in, you know, your target, the basics, like, you know, your target customer, you have some good offers, you're, you give a really good service and you're somewhat decent at sales. And then you put some consistency and focus in it for longer than three bloody months. That will probably get you to six figures. Right. And it's a great achievement. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. It's a great achievement. Um, but the key issue here, the underlying thing you need to know is that what got you there won't get you there. So, Hustle generally, a bit of hustle and focus gets you to six figures, but it's leverage that gets you to high six to seven. If you want to go from 10, 20K a month, where you've hit that ceiling and you're kind of just, you can't grow anymore because you're getting fully booked and don't know what else to do now, it's leverage that will get you to kind of 50, 70, 100K a month. So there's three steps, three overarching principles we generally give Fit Pros. Um, and there are many things to do within these three. I'm not trying to make it sound too simplistic, um, but as, as, a, as a very good overview, like you mentioned, um, and this will generally take about six to 12 months of implementation, if I'm being honest. There's no seven figures in 30 days bullshit. Um, Damn, it. Damn it. Yeah, that's 30 days to bankruptcy if you do that. <laughs> um, so basically, the three things are all things we've touched on today, really. So, I mean, number one is automated and consistent growth automated consistent growth so you first of all if you're gonna if you're gonna keep expanding you need to get away from the, the kind of the ups and downs the high and low months the inconsistency of things you need to know how many leads and sales are coming in consistently so you can actually project for the future a lot of guys will get to 10k a month just based on hope marketing as you as you point out word of mouth referrals which are all great they're good indicators you've got a good product but if they're the backbone of your marketing, you will never go beyond 10K a month because you can't scale them. You can't scale word of mouth. You can't 
okay, you got featured in, you got featured in men's health magazine. Great. Can you scale that? No. So you need paid advertising, uh, and not just Facebook ads, but I mean, you know, we'll use, we'll use Facebook ads, Google ads. We use, um, print ads, direct mail, Instagram, um, all different methods, but something that a is getting quantifiably quantifiable results coming in. So you can actually plan for the future. And secondly, it's going to leverage your time. Like we talked about it. When you start getting to a point, fit pros tell me they can't afford 20 pounds a day for Facebook, but they can afford to hustle and be, and go chasing prospects for three hours a day. I'm like, are you kidding me? You value your time at six pounds an hour pretty much. So start paying for advertising what little you can, and you'll free up the time. And now you can use that to move to step number two, which, which is now putting systems and finance management in place. So now you have time to work on those systems and you now take what you did to get here, which was, you know, some market, you have a good offer, some content, a sales process and a delivery process, you know, delivering your, 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 your workouts and everything else. Now you want to start systemizing those things and looking and saying, right, how do I, how do I do a sales call? How do I break down my content as if I was going to hand over to somebody else to do? If I was in a hospital bed, this is a four hour work week exercise. If you were relegated to a hospital bed next week and you can only work for six hours a week, you know, what would you write down for somebody else to do for you? Um, you know, how do I deliver my service? What is it that I do? Break it down and make it conscious. How do I greet people? How do I follow up with people? What's my energy level like? And you start breaking this down into like an operations manual, which is like a blueprint of how, how someone else could do this if I wasn't around. It won't be perfect. It's just a version one, but you'll refine it over time. Uh, and also managing your finances. So like I talked about earlier, you've got to get a cash flow system in place. You need to be allocating funds when 100 pounds comes in. Make sure you're putting a little bit of that into, into a profit account, first of all. So you make sure you're profitable. You're putting a bit aside to pay your, your own salary. You're putting enough aside to cover your expenses and also some to cover tax. And so that way, when a tax bill comes around or bills come up, um, you know you've put the money aside and it's there to pay the piper when he comes around. Um, and you can, you can then start doing financial forecasts and understanding how you're going to grow. And the third step then is that leadership mindset. And this is 24 seven, three, six, five self-awareness, um, putting your own productivity schedule in place, managing your energy, you know, so I, you've got to wake up and again, to be emotionally resilient, to go out in your business and lead a seven figure operation, you've got to be prepared. If you wake up and roll over and start checking Facebook and email, uh, or if you're stressed, then you're going to be reactive and you will not be able to handle the pressures of that business. When your manager comes to you with an emergency, you're going to fall apart. So I, you know, I have a two hour morning routine. I have to start every day with, I wake up, I'll meditate. I'll read like a more spiritual book or something. I'll, I'll breathe. I get myself centered and balanced so I can breathe. And then and then go into work and deal with the things that are, you know, the opportunities and threats that are coming up that day. And I know for a fact, if I don't do that, I'll walk in reactive and I'll crumble. And I put this routine up sometimes and, and, you know, a fit pro saw it, my routine and said, Oh, you know, he said, um, I need, I need to do that today. And I replied, I need to do this every day. 
even when you don't even feel like it. Yeah. Or you don't, no, sorry. Only when you don't feel like you need it as well. Like it's like vitamins or protein or carbohydrates. Like you've, you've got to have it all the time yeah. to keep your body going. And people often will only use like morning rituals or formulas or positive affirmations when they feel like shit. But actually you should be doing it every single day, regardless of how you feel, because it will save you when you do feel like shit. Yeah. And it, and it shouldn't be a means to an end. You know, it should be no. the, the point of the reason I've built these companies, you know, and I'm, like I, I own or co-own, you know, eight different fit, fitness companies at the moment. The reason I've done all that is so that I can have two hours the start of my day to do what the hell I want to do and then go and start my business day when I want to. That's the, but that's the point of it, right? You know, we're, that's what I'm doing it for. And, and I'm the same. Sometimes I'll fall off the track and I'll stop my journaling and I'll stop it. And then things always start getting worse. And I'm like, why did I stop doing that? Why did I slack off the gym? So the point of having a business that serves you is so you can put yourself and your family first. So mm. when I tell fit pros do this, you know, they say, well, I'm going to skip my workout so I can go and build those systems you talked about. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Skip Netflix, skip the bullshit, you know, going for beers with friends you don't really like anymore. Skip that nonsense. Don't skip your workout because you're doing all this so you can put yourself and your health and well-being first. Wake up, work on yourself mentally, emotionally, work on yourself physically in the gym, spend time with your loved ones or your partner, or your family and kids or your friends, or do whatever it is you want to do. Have that part of your life carved out, and then go and start work for the day, right? Mm -hmm. And Because that's, that's not a routine. You know, work is the routine that actually allows me to do that part. And when you start realizing that's actually what it's all about, um, then again, it becomes, you, you become more comfortable doing it and not feeling like you're skipping off work and You've got to, we get a bit deeper now, but you've got to start moving in away from that kind of doing mode. Success will come if I do more and realize be reactive. fulfillment. You don't want to be, yeah. You don't want to be reactive. You want to be proactive in building out the systems and building in your morning routines versus being reactive to all the threats and opportunities and have limited focus because yeah. you're just going from one thing to the next. Yeah. And, and even beyond that, you realize, you know, success, external success might come from doing all these things. But ultimately, internal fulfillment and peace will come from the being, not the doing. It'll come from being able to wake up in the morning and know I can just be and feel good for a few hours. I can feel good all day and I can stroll into work feeling good and be in control of my emotional state. And remember that it all works for me. I'm not working for it. And that's that, that's, that all goes into that leadership mindset, that third step. Um, so again, it's automated, get, get your, get your growth automated and consistent. Then you won't work on your systems and finance management, uh, that allows you to you know, bring a team on board and then be a leader to those people internally, uh, and be a leader in your own life as well. And realize that your company will only ever grow to the size of your own consciousness and what you believe and know is possible for yourself. And to the extent of the energy that you can actually uphold uh, in order to run and, and keep growing it. Thank you so much for sharing all these insights with us. I really appreciate it, man. You got it. It's been awesome. Um, for anyone that wanted to find out more about what you do, obviously you work with a specific type of clientele, right? Um, there's no point in fit pros that are doing one to two K 
with no real profit reaching out and contacting you. So let's just set the tone. If there is anyone listening, like what is your kind of ideal client and how can you help them and where should they go to maybe get a sample of all these things um, that you do? I know you sent me over some links to tons of content, which we'll put in the show notes, but yeah, let's just uh, make that clear for everyone. Yeah, so that's the the best link to go to is uh, justindevonshire.com forward slash biolinks. Uh, and that just links to our main channels. We have a, we have a uh, podcast, we have a YouTube channel, a Facebook group. Uh, and, you know, there's just over the years, there's thousands of hours of content and stuff like that that will help you out. Ideally, you know, most of my content is centered around those. If you're stuck at 10, 20K a month and you're burning out a little bit and you want to just start scaling to that next level and get more financial security and a bit more free time back then definitely reach out and maybe even reach out to chat to me. Um, we can help you very specifically then. But wherever you are really on this journey, you know, even if you are just starting out, by all means, go and check out some content and you know, you'll see something that resonates with you or at least something that will drop some seeds for the future that when you do get to that level and things do start taking off for you, um, then you might just remember some of this stuff when the time is right. Awesome, man. Guys, everyone listening, um, even if you're not at the level that we're talking about right now, that 10, 20K, do what Justin said. Stop the podcast right now. Head over to the show notes, click on that link, and just look and digest out of curiosity. And that will raise the bar in your current business anyway. Like Even if you're not going down that path of building a multiple six or seven figure company, if you kind of see what the level of other people are going to, it's going to condition you to think bigger and act more in your business anyway. So make sure you go and head to those links right now and go and check out that amazing content that Justin has shared with us. Thank you so much for coming on the show, buddy. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did enjoy it, I'd be really grateful if you could leave a short review on one of the platforms. And if you're a personal trainer in a commercial gym with 500 plus members and you want to fast track your income growth and learn how to sign multiple new clients a week, reach out to me personally through Facebook or Instagram and just drop me a private message so we can get the conversation started and see if you could be a good fit for one of our programs. All the links to my social can be found in the show notes so we can connect there. See you next week.